Welcome in. These are the MMA Minutes. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. And alongside me, as always, is Danny Gutierrez. What's going on, Sean? How are you doing? Well, I'm not too bad. You it's know, it's been a while. Summer since break. Yeah, it's very nice. It's been a while since we've done one of these. It has been a little bit, but uh, we're back at it now in the summer months of the MMA world, and uh, we are really uh, picking, starting to pick it up with some great events. Uh, UFC 224 is tomorrow on Saturday, May 12th, as well as Bellator 199. Bellator coming up on their 200th show, and also uh, UFC 225 coming up in June. Uh, and that will be taking place at the United Center in Chicago. And then they have a massive July with Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic for the UFC heavyweight title. So it is going to be a Packed. fun summer uh, for Packed. MMA. But we are going to be talking about the two cards I mentioned, Bellator 199 and UFC 224. Yes. Danny, we're going to start off with Bellator 199 because yes. there's only three fights that we're going to mention. we got the main event, Ryan Bader versus King Mo, and that is a part of the heavyweight Grand Prix that they're doing. We get Chael Sonnen versus Fedor on uh, one side. We'll see who advances, uh, either Ryan Bader or King Mo. We'll also talk about John Fitch versus Paul Daly. And then a little bit lower, we have Aaron Pico, one of the hottest MMA prospects, taking on Lee Morrison. And let's start with Aaron Pico. Aaron Pico, 2-1 and one in his MMA career, has won two straight. Does Aaron Pico make it four straight on Saturday? He's fighting a very tough veteran in Lee Morrison, so we will see. It all depends on how Lee Morrison comes out and composes himself in this fight because uh, when Aaron Pico's on, he's a world beater, except for that one hiccup mm -hmm. in his first fight where he was way out of his weight class. But now he's in his weight class, so we're really going to see what happens in this fight. This is a really true test for Aaron Pico, but I really am going to go for Aaron Pico. It's not going to be an easy fight, but I think Pico's going to get a decision victory. Not going to be the first-round finish because all three of his fights so far have been first round finishes either him losing or two two straight knockouts from the first round i feel like lee morrison's a little bit too much of a veteran to fall into something like that does mm -hmm. that make sense so mm -hmm. i feel like lee morrison has a, a a shot to go the distance with aaron pico but i feel like aaron pico's gonna look pretty uh pretty convincing in this fight morrison 19 and 8 in his career and is currently on a four fight win streak we'll see what happens between those two let's move now into the co-main event john fitch versus paul daly yes. paul daly a little bit of controversy in bellator he's now calling out bellator yeah um, john fitch coming to bellator after being a part of wsof which is now the professional fight fight league, fighters league pfl um, pfl who do you like in this fight? Are you going to go Daly or Fitch? The battle of UFC uh, veterans. Yeah, I feel like this fight should have happened a few years ago, you know what I mean? But, mm -hmm. you know, John Fitch was on top, and his only loss was to GSP at the time. Since then, he's lost, uh, you know, guys like Damian Maya and uh, Josh Berkman, and he's had some hiccups here and there. Rusmar uh, Palahalis. Yes, well. but um, he's here in Bellator, and he's here to make a name for himself, whereas Paul Daly has, is known as Semtex. He's got dynamite in his hands, and it's pretty amazing what he can do uh he was known he's got a highlight reel of knockouts in bellator and outside of the ufc um so both of these guys are ufc veterans uh john fitch has uh been a ufc veteran he was at the top and then mm -hmm. paul daly kind of sucker punched his yeah he got kicked out for yeah, sucker punching koshjack his partner his teammate mm -hmm. so um Again, I felt like this fight should have happened a long time ago. It's a very classic striker versus grappler matchup because John Fitch always talks about putting you through a meat grinder, whereas Paul Semtex Daily just wants to kickbox and touch on you and beat you up. This is going to be a very interesting fight. Um, I'm, I am going to go for Paul Daly because lately he has looked good against guys who have been able to grapple, who've wanted to mm -hmm. grapple against him. Uh, he's finally tightened that 
end of his game up a little bit. John Fitch is a little bit older. I wouldn't say that he's on the back end of his career because I, I do believe that he has a few more fights left in him, but he's got to be weary of the uh, takedown defense and the stand-up of Paul Daly. But I'm going to give the edge to Paul Daly in this one. John Fitch, 40 years old. Paul Daly coming to this one, 35-year-old. However, he does have more fights under his belt. Yes, 40, he does. 15, and 2. Fitch, 37, and 1. Paul Daly, 2 and 2 in his last four fights, but those two losses were to champs in Bellator, Douglas Lima and Rory McDonald, and John Fitch is on a four-fight win streak. I'm also going to stick with you. I think Paul Semtex Daly gets the win in that one. And let's go to the main event, Ryan Bader versus King Mo. Who do you like to move on in the heavyweight Grand Prix? It's a very interesting fight because apparently both of these guys have met each other on the wrestling circuit and their collegiate days. Uh, King Mo got the better of that exchange. However, Ryan Bader is the uh, light heavyweight champion, but this is a heavyweight Grand Prix uh, fight. This mm -hmm. is the second round of the Grand Prix, or fourth round of the Grand Prix, I guess, if you want to call it, the quarterfinal yep. of the Grand Prix. Um when it comes to a contrast and styles, they are both wrestlers, and they both have knockout power, yes, but Ryan Bader is a little bit more technical in his stand-up, whereas King Mola Wall kind of keeps his hands down and kind of shimmies a little bit and kind of does the shoulder roll a little bit, very rarely kicks, whereas, you know, Ryan Bader sets up his boxing with his kicks and stuff like that, and he could knock people out with a flying knee, knocked out Lear Latifi with a flying knee. So he can do, he's a little bit more techni technical than King Mo is on the feet, and all of these fights start standing. However, when it comes to guys who can defend the takedown against Ryan Bader, they usually get the better of him. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a very interesting fight. This is a tough one to call. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it to King Mo. I was gonna go I was gonna lean towards Ryan Bader a little bit, but I'm gonna give it to King Mo. I feel like he's in Ryan Bader's head a little bit. We haven't heard much of anything from Ryan Bader, if anything at all. Mm -hmm. Um and you know, King I this is gonna be very I I have King Mo winning this fight. Right. I really do have King Mo winning this fight. King Mo two and two in his last four fights. He does have losses to Phil Davis and Mirko Krokop. Ryan Bader currently the uh, lightweight, light heavyweight champion, light heavyweight champion uh, in, Bellator. in Bellator. He's on a four-fight win streak and does have a win over uh, Phil, Phil Davis, Davis um, not too long ago, back on June 24th of 2017. I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to go Ryan Bader. I think this kid's absolutely motivated. And you look at his past couple of fights. He only has one fight loss since 2013. December 7th, 2013, he uh, de uh, defeated Anthony Parosh. Ever since that fight, he only has one loss, and that's Anthony, Anthony Johnson. Rumble Johnson. And we know that guy hits like a freight train. Yes. So I think Ryan Bader, we saw him run through the Ultimate Fighter. I think he's going to continue and run through King Mo. King Mo really hasn't looked too great in his past couple of fights, losing two to Crocop uh, and Phil Davis, and then also uh, didn't look too great against Rampage, even though he did get the unanimous decision in that one. Winner of that fight versus King Mo and Ryder Bader. Ryan Bader will move to the semifinals to take on Matt Mitrione. And like I mentioned a little bit earlier, Chael Sonnen and Fedor will be meeting on the other end of that bracket. Now let's move to Rio de Janeiro, UFC 224. Yes. Nunez versus Pennington for the women's bantamweight title fight is your main event. We're going to be talking about the main card. Uh, again, that's taking place on Saturday, May 12th. The first fight is a battle of UFC and MMA legends. Number nine, Vitor Belfort in the middleweight division. He, this is now his last fight uh, in his MMA career. So Vitor, Apparently. Uh, this is what Vitor's saying. Vitor's very keen on saying that he is retiring. So this is possibly the last time we'll see Vitor Belfort in a UFC octagon. He's taken on former light heavyweight champion, number 12, Lyoto the Dragon Machida. Machida coming in with a 23-8 record. Vitor Belfort coming in with a 26-13 and one no contest on his record. Who do you like out of the legend this one? Do you like the Phenom or the Dragon? 
I'm a really big fan of Vitor Belfort, the Phenom, uh, way back in the day when he was very, very young coming up as a light heavyweight. He fought guys like Chuck Liddell, mm -hmm. Randy Couture, he fought guys like Azushi Sakuraba and Pry. So he's fought a who's who of mixed martial arts. Uh, but Lyoto Machida has as well. For a very long time, it was he was undefeated. And it, once he won the title, there was he was known to just be the the dragon. And it was welcome to the Machida era. I think were the words of Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. But uh, that never happened because Shogun came and ruined all of that. And ever <laughs> yeah. since and, and and ever since then, he's been trying to get it back. Uh, but he's a little bit older. He's thirty eight years old. But I, he, he's coming off of a really big win, a much needed win. Vitor Belfort is as well. But that was a very hard fought decision uh i am going to go with uh, leota the dragon machida even though i'm a big fan of vitor belfort vitor belfort i feel like he is on the back end of his career i feel like totally. he's, he's yeah. not an explosive he's not as explosive as he once was mm -hmm. uh ever since his head kick knockouts that's all he looks for it doesn't necessarily set them up anymore with his boxing he is very explosive but i feel like after you get get out of the first round of vitor then you, you have his number and I feel like Lyoto Machida is much more tactical than people think. I mean, they've trained before. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little bit of history behind there. Vito Belfort uh, is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, and he was kind of teaching Lyoto Machida some grappling. So mm -hmm. it, that, that's, but that was a few years ago. Two Brazilian legends, though. And uh, Vitor had made his debut, his UFC debut, MMA debut, uh, in February 3rd, 1997. Yes. Months before I was even born, so he Vitor, was 19 has, years yeah, old. Vitor has made a a career and a living out of this. And you mentioned a lot of things. I mean, Leota, I was five. That's crazy. <laughs> I was five years old. Leota uh, coming off a two two year suspension, coming back, losing to Derek Brunson, and then getting the win over Eric Anders. Um, however, this is what Vitor's saying: his last fight, and I, I think he's gonna stay true to his word. It, it seems in his. His his interviews that he's very keen on on retiring, and we you know hear all the time if you're thinking about retirement, you should retire. I think this is going to be the final fight of Vitor's career, and I think as the legend he is, as the competitor he is, Vitor Belfort will get a win in his final UFC uh, fight. He will go in the same way he came out, or he'll go out the same way he came in, getting a victory. I think he knocks out Lyoto in the third round, and even though his gas tank isn't the same. This is no, his last fight, and I think he's going to give everything he has to put on a show and also get a victory. I'm going to go with the Phenom. Let's move on now to John. I, I, I hope you're right. It's going to be interesting. I hope you're right. Let's move on now to the bantamweight fight between John Hands of Stone Lineker and Brian Boom Kelleher. Who do you got? The Brazilian and John Lineker coming in with a 30-8 and eight record or Brian Kelleher sporting a 19-8 and eight record? You know what? Both of these guys uh, have very heavy hands, and both of these guys love to bang. They're very scrappy guys, but I really do like John Lineker in this fight because whenever he gets into a scrappy fight, he always gets the better of those exchanges. He's got a nasty chin, and he's got dynamite in his hands. Uh, he does have a leg kick. He does have very good leg kicks that he very rarely uses. If he decides to be a little bit more tactical in this fight, he could utilize those leg kicks. He's got some very good wrestling as well that we very rarely see uh, in his fight against TJ TJ Dillashaw even though he didn't win that fight and he got taken down he was able mm -hmm. he was able to defend himself off of his back after that fight he suffered a jar injury but he's uh he's come back after that fight that fight has very much motivated him and this is another uh, step on the way to the title against Brian Kelleher but again Brian Kelleher is no joke he's a very scrappy guy he likes to scrap as well he likes to scramble in the grappling exchanges as well so he's this is going to be a very interesting fight Brian Kelleher 3 and 1 in his UFC career his only loss coming to Marlon Vera, Vera 
And who was By John? Submission. And who was John Lineker's last win against Marlon Vera, Vera on October twenty eighth, twenty seventeen? Like you mentioned, uh, John Lineker does have the loss to T.J. Dillashaw, but ever since July sixteenth, twenty fourteen, he has not lost a fight outside of that Dillashaw fight. Um, beat. Uh, Ian McCall beat Francisco Rivera, beat Rob Font, beat Michael McDonald, beat John Dotson, moved up to bantamweight um, throughout that run as well. Um, like you mentioned, he has a great chin, has never been finished in the UFC by knockout. He did have a submission uh, loss in his first fight. However, I think John Lineker, I agree with you. I think that he's not going to be able to uh, be knocked out. We've seen his chin wear through the weather before. I think John Lineker is at least going to get a unanimous decision, but with the way these guys throw, I would be shocked if it does uh, end up going the full three rounds. Let's move now into the fight at strawweight in the women's division. Supposed to be at strawweight. Now yeah, well, it's a catchweight. So the, the 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 phenom, we'll explain that a little bit. The phenom, uh, the up-and-comer, Mackenzie Dern, uh, who's 6-0 and in her MMA career, Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, world champion, missed weight by 8 pounds, 123 pounds she weighed in uh, today. Amanda ABC Cooper uh, did accept the fight, and she will be taking 30% of Dern's pay. Cooper had looked super motivated and embedded. Yes. Uh, she was eating baby food to make the weight. Yes. She w- was just super intense in the stare-down they had at the ceremonial weigh-ins. Um, what do you think about Dern versus Cooper? Do you think the weight will give enough, uh, 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 give Dern enough of an advantage to possibly submit Cooper, who has been submitted before? She's 4-3 and three her UFC career. Again, like I mentioned, Dern is undefeated at 6-0. I believe Mackenzie Dern has talked about in the past about her not wanting to make weight at, at certain events. Is that correct? Am I correct on that? No, she never said that. She she just said that she likes spending time at the beach and, and at clubs rather than in the gym. And she was training at MMA lab in Glendale, Arizona, and she okay. was asked to leave uh, that at the, the MMA lab. So, I mean, she has not been fully dedicated to um, MMA so, for what we've seen so far. She has seemed like she's uh, really enjoying the outside life. But, hey, you know, good, good for her. Um, but I, I, she doesn't really seem like she enjoys the weight cut part, and also that really wasn't a big part of her jiu-jitsu career as well. Right. As well. So this is new for the 25-year-old. But Mackenzie Dern did weigh uh, out, out of the 115-pound uh, uh, weight limit, and she, again, weighed in at 123 pounds. Amanda Cooper did make weight, and uh, Cooper would be taking 30% of Dern's pay. This is another sh- classic striker versus grappler matchup. Mackenzie Dern, Mackenzie Dern excuse me, is a high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu grappler, and Amanda Cooper does have a professional does have professional boxing experience she's a two and one she only has three fights in 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 boxing and she officially has more fights in mma than she does in boxing Mm -hmm. um this is this is a very weird fight to call because mackenzie dern didn't make weight but amanda cooper is very motivated in this fight but again it's all about the ground game when it comes to a classic striker versus grappler matchup has amanda cooper worked on the ground game has she worked on has she worked on her takedown defense has she worked on her uh cage defense has she worked on you know underhooks, pummeling, uh, being light on her feet, keeping her back off of the cage. Has she worked on these things? This is a very tough fight to call. I'm going to have to give it to Mackenzie Dern because she doesn't need to worry about the weight cut, and she could take Amanda Cooper down whenever she wants to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the big thing. is We didn't we haven't really seen Mackenzie Dern flex her grappling and jiu-jitsu background too much yet. We did see it in our last fight a little bit. She did try to, in that third round, try to take down uh, her opponent in, in uh, Ashley Yoder and try to submit her. Was not successful in that. Still ended up getting the victory. We have seen Mackenzie Dern be wild in her striking. So again, if Amanda Cooper does keep keep it on the feet, I think Cooper can win this fight. But what Mackenzie Dern has been talking about in Embedded is she's in the land of jiu-jitsu. She wants to flex her jiu-jitsu mus- muscle. It's the first time her dad, Megaton Diaz, who, is, again, is a world champion Brazilian jiu-jitsu yes. uh, practitioner as well, is going to be watching one of Mackenzie's fights. 
she wants to take it to the ground and, and submit her. Like you said, it's going to be classic uh, striker versus grappler here. Um, if Dern goes to the ground, she's going to have that weight advantage over uh, Cooper. And again, she's a world-class Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. Um, I think that Dern, if it goes to the fight, she'll get the victory. If not, uh, Cooper will light her up on the feet. And just because Dern really hasn't given enough to MMA, I'm kind of rooting for Amanda Cooper here. I've been a big Mackenzie Dern fan because of her highlight reel submissions before, but uh, Amanda Cooper seems like she's a true professional. And I'm not, I would never root for a fighter, but I'm rooting for a fighter here. I'm, Amanda Cooper's going to—I'm I'm picking Amanda Cooper because I want her to win. And maybe this will, this, will, this will swing uh, Mackenzie Dern to really take this a little bit more seriously. Because yes. she does have the skills and tools to be a great fighter. But Absolutely. She needs it to, if, I mean, you're stepping in the octagon— you need to at least put everything you have into this because everything you put into it, that's what you're going to get out of it. And if you're not really Absolutely. dedicating yourself, you're not going to get that, that feedback and that result that you want. So right. maybe this will be a wake-up call for Mackenzie Dern if she does get a loss. Let's move now to the co-main event, Jacare Souza and Kelvin Gaslam, number two Jacare, 25-5 and five in his career. Kelvin Gaslam, 15-3 and three in his career. This is a middleweight fight between Jacare and Kelvin Gaslam. Who do you like in this fight, Danny? I really do like Ronaldo Jacare Souza in this fight. He's a high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He's fighting in his hometown. He's coming off of a big knockout win to uh, Derek Brunson, his second one out of the two, the fight. Mm-hmm. So um, I really do believe that he, he's made a lot of leaps and bounds. Uh, but Calvin Gesselum has been training at Kim's MMA with uh, Master Rafael Cordero. He is a southpaw. He's very light on his feet. And against these big middleweights, he could really put him down. But when it comes to the ground game, I mean, he got submitted by Chris Weidman, and that was a much-needed win for Chris Weidman. He got rocked on the feet in, at the end of the first round, but he came back and utilized his superior wrestling mm-hmm. to kind of nullify uh, Calvin Gesselum's uh, speed to take him down and submit him. I think we're going to see more of the same here from Ronaldo, Ronaldo Jacare uh, Souza, excuse me um i feel like he learned a lot from that robert whitaker fight because he got tagged on the feet with that uh, in that fight mm-hmm. I've, i feel like he's uh, taken a few pages out of that because we've seen a lot of uh kicks from ronaldo jacare souza so I've, i really do feel like we're gonna see uh, ronaldo jacare souza that isn't afraid to put himself out there in this fight not to say that calvin gastelum can't win like i said mm-hmm. he's very light on his feet he's got some awesome striking he's got awesome wrestling as well and he's able to get back to his feet a lot like chuck liddell would able to back in the day if people would try to take him down so this is going to be very great this is going to be very uh contrast in styles but i have uh, ronaldo winning this fight jacare is 11 and 2 in his last 13 fights however he is 3 and 2 in his last five, Kelvin Gastelum, ever since moving up to middleweight, has a win over Tim Kennedy and Michael Bisping. Has a no contest against Vitor. He did win that fight. He won but that was fight. Overturned because of uh, Kelvin popping for marijuana. So it was technically still a win he for Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, it's in his highlights. But in, the, in, in the record book, it's going down as a no contest. <laughs> I'm just being, I'm giving the facts here. Uh, and Chris Weidman uh, was the only loss that he's had so far. At middleweight, again, you see Kelvin Gastelum in his career up against guys who can wrestle. Neil Magny, Tyron Woodley, Chris Weidman. Yes. He has struggled. So it's really going to be uh, you know, crucial that Kelvin Gastelum does piece him up on the feet here. I think if it goes to a decision, I think Kelvin Gastelum could take it. But again, we've seen Jacare is so deadly, the alligator um, on the ground. So I'm going to agree with you. I think he's Jacare, durable too. Yeah, I think Jacare is going to get the win here. Um, and, and like you mentioned, I mean, he 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 really hasn't been tagged up too much throughout his career. He, you know, I think he only has two knockout losses, um, to my knowledge, against Gegard and then also against, uh, like you mentioned, uh, Robert Whitaker. So yes. I, I think Jacare is going to get the win, and, and he seems primed for a title title fight. So he, he really pushing Much for that title fight. well-deserved yeah, title and he's, fight. He's closing in on the end of his career, especially being in Brazil. I'll take the 
Alligator and Jacare Souza. Let's move into the main event now. We have the women's bantamweight title fight between the Lioness, Amanda Nunez, 15 and 4 in her career. The Brazilian champion trying to defend it on her home turf, turf against number two, Raquel Rocky Pennington. Pennington coming in with a 9 and 6 record in her MMA career. Danny. Who do you like in the fight, the champion or the challenger? Well, this is very much a rocky story, isn't it? I mean, oh, coming God. into Come enemy on. coming into enemy territory <laughs> to take on the champion. Well, there's no communism to beat up. <laughs> I mean, unless you're saying Amanda Nunez is Brazilian Ivan Drago. <laughs> but I think also Drago was She unde- hits pretty hard. I think Drago was undefeated though. So I mean it's kind of not it doesn't really Ivan Drago fit the was narrative. an amateur at the actually. And also Amanda Nunez and Raquel Penning. So by outs- default, he was undefeated. <laughs> Amanda Nunez and Raquel Penning outside the octagon are actually like friends <laughs> yes so, yes they are totally different than drago yes they are and, and pennington yes they are it's not like you know amanda <laughs> nunez you know murdered tisha torres who's raquel pennington's uh girlfriend um you know how drago killed uh, apollo creed but anyways who do you like in this fight the champion of the challenger uh this is a tough fight to call because both of these girls they do like each other but at the same time they are so tough raquel pennington is very durable she's got a really good chin she moves well on her feet she's got some pretty sick boxing techniques as well and she's very scrappy up against the cage on the ground, she's been able to defend herself and get uh, back up against, uh, uh, get back up to her feet. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, uh, but she's not afraid to throw up submissions or chokes. They are there. Uh, Amanda Nunez has some incredible boxing. Uh, she's very quick with her hands. She's got some very good footwork as well. She's very long. She's got some great straight punches, and she sets up her uppercuts and her hooks very well with her jab and her cross. Uh, she's very strong up against the cage as well. So this is gonna again. This is a very contrast in Scott and Styles because both of these ga- girls. Uh, fight extremely uh, similar but what's different is their uh, body structure so Amanda Nunez is longer she's going to be able mm-hmm. to keep the range uh, Raquel Pennington is shorter and stockier she's stronger she, is she going to maul her up against the cage utilize more of a wrestling game in this or is she going to stay in her face like Rocky and try mm-hmm. and slug it out Amanda Nunez is quicker as well yeah she is yeah, she's a very quick athlete she's very fast with her hands and her combinations as well mm-hmm. um I'm going to take Amanda Nunez in this fight. She's uh, defended her title twice already, and they were both against really, really tough girls. So I feel like she's motivated in this fight, again, fighting in Brazil. But not to say that, again, not to say that Raquel Pennington can't win this fight. She's scrappy, but I feel like that's not going to be enough against the more technical Amanda Nunez. On Nunez's six-fight win streak, four of them have been first-round finishes, submitting Misha Tate in the first round, knocking out Ronda Rousey in the first round, submitting Sarah McMahon in the first round, and knocking out Shayna Baszler in the first round. The two other against Valentina Shevchenko were a five-round split decision and a three-round unanimous decision. Raquel Pennington, even though she does have a 9-6 record in her UFC career, she has been extremely impressive. Yes. Uh, seven wins in the UFC over Misha Tate, Elizabeth Phillips, Beth Coea, uh, Jessica Andrade, Ashley Evans-Smith and Roxanne Modaffery. And then her two losses coming to Jessica Andrade, which was a split decision yes. at UFC 171. And, and so then, was the fight against Holly and, Holm. And Holly Holm, which is a split decision uh, back at one UFC and, 184. So, again, yep. what? And that fight, she, I felt like she won that fight. I know it's in the past, but I felt mm-hmm. like she won that fight because that, that was Holly Holm's debut. And Holly Holm actually got knocked down. Raquel Pennington actually knocked her down with the right hook. Yeah, and uh, Raquel Pennington did land more strikes in that fight, yes. 44 to 40. Um, but taking that all in, I still think Amanda Nunez is longer, uh, more athletic, and being in Brazil, uh, I think this is going to be enough. I think really, if you're going to beat Amanda Nunez, you need to at least match her striking 
and we really only see so far the only person to do that so far has been Valentina Shevchenko and Shevchenko still 0-2 against her even though some people even thought Shevchenko won the most recent fight so I think Amanda Nunez with her striking ability she's a good enough wrestler to I think at least you know fight off Pennington and I think Amanda Nunez will win in a five-round decision because again I don't think Raquel Pennington's going to get knocked out I think she's just so motivated so stocky and and, and also just so tough so I'll take Amanda Nunez in a five-round decision, but it should be fun, Danny. UFC yes. 224 tomorrow Bellator on Saturday, May 12th. And Bellator 199 again on Saturday, May 12th. But for Danny Gutierrez, I'm Sean Anderson. We will see you next week.